This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here today at Art Space and Untitled in Deep Deuce in downtown Oklahoma City, and I'm visiting with jazz guitarist Grant Goldstein. Grant, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I thought what we might do is start out uh, for listeners to maybe hear a little bit, uh, if we could, about uh, as far as if, if someone were to ask you what type of music you play and, and you know, what are your, what are your favorites in terms of, uh, you know, within jazz, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, uh, you know, what you like in terms of whether that's standards or if you do some of your own compositions, just maybe yes. hearing a little bit about, you know, the work that you've recently done and, and what you enjoy doing. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I guess I, I sort of spend, you know, most of my time and, you know, most of the playing situations recently, uh, focusing on a mixture of, um, music from the past, you know, tra- tra- traditional jazz, bebop, and American standard songbook, and uh, the other half, you know, working on original music, whether it be mine or you know some of my friends that I play with. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. And then as far as as far as giving people a little bit of a sense of, do you, do you tend to perform on your own as well as is with other you know with jazz groups or? Um, I don't typically play solo. Um, I'd say this time of year, d- during like the holiday season, I'll have more solo gigs than I would any other time of the year. But I, uh, funny enough, even though I don't perform it, I actually write a lot of solo guitar music. Hmm. But right now, it's just something I'm working on. And it's kind of just for myself, you know, developing ideas. And I'm sure I'll eventually flesh those out into, uh, you know, uh, compositions for some size of band. Yeah. So. Very good, and then I was, and this is something because I, you know, and of course, there again, this is this interview isn't about me, but since I am someone who has loved jazz all of my life, I always like to. Well, I guess I shouldn't say always, but for some reason, it's coming up. I almost want to ask you, maybe in your own words, you know, why you love jazz or why that's your. Oh, um, well, I, I'm not. I guess there's a bunch of reasons why I love it, but I kind of tend to just chase this feeling that it gives me, which I don't really put into words very much. I um I don't know there's something about the the truth and the artistry and the power in the music that you know when it's played a certain way it, it creates this effect and yeah it's kind of a healing effect for me so yeah yeah and then as far as maybe any thoughts in terms of, you know, it seems like jazz has, you know, it, it, when you look at the roots of it, it goes back, you know, decades. And yet it's, I, I really marvel at the way that it is, is continued to stay relevant, you know, in a world where we've got so many different genres of music and in the blending of those genres. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it's, it's still relevant, especially if you go to New York city, you know, it's, it's very alive and well there. And I like what's happening here in Oklahoma city, that there's somewhat of a focus you know, it seems like more re- in more recent years on jazz music, even though, you know, for some time there's been a lot of jazz music in Oklahoma City, you know, it's like a great history here. Oh, yeah. 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 And then as far as looking at it, 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 as far as history or kind of looking at the long run of, of your career in this, it would be really interesting if we could maybe go back and hear a little bit about, you know, how you got started playing, you know, guitar and then, okay. you know, in terms of jazz guitar. and yeah. Uh, I started playing guitar in high school, and I had always really enjoyed music, you know, ever since I was a kid, so my mom and I would sit around and listen to music a lot, and and, uh, I decided I wanted to play guitar in high school, so I just started studying on my own, and um, I took a few lessons here and there, but 
I really didn't like get into it heavily until maybe my junior or senior year. Hmm. And uh, I actually, my senior year, I did a concurrent enrollment with uh, UCO, and I played in you know one of the big bands. I played guitar, and uh, that's when I met Lee Rucker, and who's yeah one of my one of my great teachers. So um, I started there, and I just it slowly continued. You know, I played gigs, and um, I eventually met my friend Adam Ledbetter, piano player, and uh, we started a group called the New Growth Quartet, and that's when I feel like things, for me, musically, really, they really took off and opened up, you know, Adam, Adam's great, he encouraged me, you know, to always write a lot of music, and yeah, he was really supportive of my voice, and so I, I think we fed off of each other a lot, and that was, that was a great moment, but yeah, after that, I moved to New York City, and that was uh, 2012, 2013. I went to Manhattan School of Music for graduate school, and, uh, yeah, I lived there for quite a while, and then I moved back here. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we were talking a little bit before the interview about uh, the jazz scene there, and it was, I've, I, and I've, I've always been fascinated with it because I've spent a little bit of time there but have not really necessarily gotten deep into you know, really getting involved with the scene there. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it always is something I always enjoy asking, you know, what that time that you spent there meant to you, you know, maybe any formative experiences that you can share and, oh. and just, if any, if any, in any ways, how, how, and if, and how that changed you. Yeah. Well, I think in, yeah, a multitude of ways, um, it was just moving to New York and you realize when you're there, it's like all the musicians that maybe you had been listening to on record, uh, either from the past that are no longer living or some still living, um, they all live in New York, you know, or have lived in New York. So it's sort of the, you know, jazz mecca of the world. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so when, when you move there, you just, you're met with, like, just so much brilliance all the time from, yeah, from so many players. And uh, it's like sink or swim, you know. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was amazing. So I I had a lot of great classmates at uh, Manhattan School of Music that really, really changed my way of thinking, you know, just just by hearing them play. So, um, yeah, it was really wonderful. I got to work with some really nice musicians. So, yeah, that was great. Yeah, and then as far as, is, is there a certain way in terms of, just to kind of get a sense of what that's like, since I've not really experienced that, is there, in, in terms of getting opportunities to play gigs there, is there, you know, did it take you a little while to kind of figure out the lay of the land and kind of how that works? And Yeah, well, <clears throat> it was, it's interesting because I, I feel like as soon as I moved there, I mean, it wasn't but a few weeks I started playing gigs, hmm. and it seemed like there were a lot of opportunities, um, despite there being so many great musicians so you know they weren't always like you know the greatest paying opportunities you know but there, there were opportunities to always play and and uh, it was kind of neat to sort of you know you befriend different musicians and you end up getting thrown into these different scenes I, you know uh, there's this great violinist I played with named Ben Sutton and he had a klezmer band called Klasmataz. oh wow yeah and uh <laughs> Yeah, every guy, everybody in the band was was incredible, and they wrote amazing music. And so, 
I would get to play with them some, and, you know, play some bebop, and yeah, I was in a, a Japanese pop ensemble. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, called, yeah, the J Music Ensemble, uh, led by this guy Patrick Bartley, and uh, got to spend some time learning video game music and learning hmm. about that whole world of J-pop. And it was really interesting. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So there was a lot of a lot of different opportunities to play in New York, and, uh, but there are here too. You know, it's just a different scene not as not as eclectic you know yeah. but definitely some good things happening here yeah, it's, yeah which oh, is, it's exciting was it uh it, you know as far as looking at maybe the first few gigs you did there i mean was that a was that a real scary time in terms of getting your bearings or is that something you get more comfortable with just playing with different musicians who yeah. you haven't played with before and yeah just kind of getting the feel for things i think I, I, yeah it was it was a little scary i already i had enough experience it felt like where I knew I could go into a situation and, and at least function musically. You know, I can play with them, and you know, we would share common ground. And, but I, you know, I think that that willingness to try sort of comes with some fear. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I was I was always a little bit maybe a little bit nervous. You just want to do well. You want to play well. You care about the music. So. And do you find that different different groups, uh, you know, tend to play different ways, or as far as kind of getting in sync, you know, with 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 people when you're first starting to to do a gig with them? Yeah, I think depending on on the music, um, you know, like if you're playing a gig where you're maybe just playing American songbook standards, or you know, playing jazz standards and bebop, the you know, that that music is public domain, so it's like a you know the ground in which you would share a conversation with a musician you know that maybe you haven't played with before but if it's like maybe their specific compositions and they're hiring you that would be a different you know a different experience oh yeah yeah and as far as the uh, I always love the I believe was it Miles Davis who he referred to jazz he called it social music I think was mm-hmm. the the phrase that oh. the, that term and I, I I don't I hope I'm right on that it's I, I feel like that's the case although I could I could stand to be corrected I was just curious in terms of maybe hearing a little bit from you as far as the social aspect of jazz I mean what that means to you and in terms of bringing mm-hmm. people together and you know what some experiences you had in that regard yeah well maybe. The, the the thing that I'm thinking of first is being in New York and realizing that so many people that share the love for jazz, they come to New York to, to seek that. And so you get people from all over the world, you know. It just, you know, you could go into Smalls Jazz Club and, uh, you know, be in a room full of people and meet people from Russia that are there, you know, they're jazz musicians in Russia or... China, or Vietnam, and Canada, you know, it's, and they all come to New York, and so it's, that's interesting, that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, yeah. When, when you say social music, but, yeah. And then as far as uh, something that, that has always fascinated me to a certain degree, and I don't know if this is the case with other kinds of music, but I've noticed, at least from the musicians that I've met, uh, that there tends to be, you know, at least I've noticed with jazz musicians, as far as you know, musicians going out and, and listening to friends of theirs that are performing as well, and kind of that whole supportive aspect of that. I've noticed even just since I've been here in the short time that I've been 
involved at all with you know being a uh, you know as far as watching jazz shows here and meeting jazz musicians that it's interesting how you will see you know certain jazz musicians that know each other and they and some of the people who aren't performing will actually come out to a gig and, and actually watch and support you know the guys that they know but they're not necessarily involved in the show so to right speak. yeah Just seeking a, a scene a community yeah 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 no it's a great thing yeah it's really nice to um, like for instance i I played a gig the other night with a, a bass player that is originally from here, and he's been living in New York and just recently moved to Los Angeles, named Aiden Carroll. Hmm. And uh, we did a show at the Blue Door. Uh, it was a great band. It was Jeremy Thomas on drums, Adam Ledbetter on piano, Aiden Carroll on bass, and uh, Lee Rucker on trumpet. And myself oh, on wow. Guitar. Wow. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was, there was... The place was packed. There was had to have been 100, 115 people there. And it's about max seating at the Blue Door. And I, I remember looking out at you know several points. Me like, oh look, you know here's some of my students. You know, friends are here and people on the scene and you know people that are maybe not in the jazz scene that were there, but are you know musicians, that play indie music or hip hop artists. And oh wow! Seeing all these different people around, you know, kind of coming together to. To support it was really nice oh yeah and it seems like that that is so much of this isn't it that you know you have not only people who are jazz musicians supporting this but as you were saying you know you know musicians that play other genres of music and yeah. you know people are willing to come out and, and, and be a part of this yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and then as i guess i would ask too uh it's almost as if i'm trying to sit here and think about uh you know what it what it would be you know when you were Back in your high school days, when you were starting to do this, uh, if you look at your life now and what you're doing now, is this, is this? Would you would you say at that point, if you were to think about what your future would be, are you are you feeling like right now things are are progressing, or, or that your life is the way you could you envisioned it? Or? Um. Well, I guess I I never really had I never really had a thought of like where yeah it I thought it might be or where I wanted it to be. I just I have spent a lot of time just seeking like information you know, seeking knowledge and just wanting to play and really letting that guide me you know every, everything that I've done thus far has mostly been you know through just letting the music like sort of direct me in that you know whatever opportunity comes up and, yeah you know, just yeah being quiet and listening and kind of following that yeah, and and, and and yet, and that takes that takes faith, and that takes willingness and inner strength, and yeah. to just kind of and, and to be willing also to have that ear to listen, so to speak, right? You yeah, know, that, that that ear and kind of letting your heart kind of guide you, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you yeah. do that. Yeah, and that, and that's always been something with jazz. I mean, I find that interesting that you're saying that because it, it seems like it is such an in the moment kind of music, to oh. to a great degree. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the idea. Is to, yeah, always creating and communicating with other people in the moment, you know, and I always try to think, like, you know, that's why we work so hard and we practice our instruments and try to acquire as much information as we can, uh, so whenever we do play with other people, we can, you know, release all of that and then just communicate, you know, yeah, let, you know, make music, then, so. Yeah, and see, I, I find that fascinating. I heard a, uh, 
uh, was listening to a, a spiritual teacher the other day or a meditation teacher that was talking about how he was recommending that people listen to what he was teaching but then not listening to it in a way that you're trying to hold on to it or remember it all. And I was wondering if there's some aspect of that with as far as the experiences that you've had in terms of you have this you have this technical knowledge that you've gathered and yeah. then also at the same time then you have all this experience playing with different people. I wonder, and it kind of sounds like, it, I don't know if that's necessarily what you're saying, mm-hmm. is, it, is it almost something that you have to, you just have to trust that you're internalizing that information, yeah, but that you're so. not trying to necessarily, you know, consciously hold on to all of it and remember it all? Right, right. Yeah, like, it's all about, like, what kind of choices are you going to make? Like when you're on when you're on the bandstand or when you're playing with other people, you, I don't think I really, if I acquire some information, I don't want to try to force everything that I'm working on or everything that I know into that musical situation. You know, it's it's more about not being afraid to just let things happen the way that they happen. You know. Yeah. And the way you're not preconceiving, you know, what you're going to play or what others are going to play by pushing that on them you know just trying to do your best to listen yeah yeah do you find that sometimes some of the musicians that you played with more frequently do you find that there is kind of that that inner communication that develops over time or mm-hmm. you know where maybe it's not verbal but it's yeah. it's really something that you you know you know someone in that way and so when you're playing with them there maybe is an opportunity to you know kind yeah. of go to a different place yeah you absolutely know, after you've kind of gotten to know them a little bit that mm-hmm. way and yeah I, I feel that a lot with uh both Adam Ledbetter and uh, drummer Jamar Poteet. Oh, have yeah. you met Jamar? Yeah, I haven't met him, but I've heard him, and man, I've, I've enjoyed hearing him play. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's yeah. wonderful, and uh, he he really communicates that way. You know, yeah, he can he can always go to a certain space, you know, so to speak, and yeah, I feel like we us three we play together quite a bit. He was also in that the group that I uh, sort of co founded the, with uh, Adam Ledbetter. Oh, okay. New Growth Quartet. And, uh, yeah, we, we've spent so much time playing together, so I think it, it's really familiar, you know, every time we do it. Yeah. And I've wondered, too, is, I mean, when you guys get together, I mean, do you, do you, do you guys also talk a lot, or is a lot of this more, or is it kind of a combination of you guys talking about certain things, and not necessarily when you're performing, but like, you know, off stage or, you know, when you're on stage, either before or after performance, you know, is there a certain kind of a frequency that you guys are tuned into as far as the way you guys talk versus when you guys are communicating non-verbally, you know, when you're playing? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think maybe some, yeah, I haven't thought about it consciously, but, hmm. but yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely some of that. And that's and I, and I know for a lot of people that whole uh, you know being open to that that intuitive communication and that nonverbal communication, you know, sometimes can be a little challenging if if yeah. you know if you're trying to really actively do everything and 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 uh, try to you know control the outcome to a certain degree, you know, yeah. being able to be and I really get that sense sitting here talking to you now that and just you know seeing. Uh, you know, the way and, and feeling the way that you approach this and the way that you're sharing this, that, you know, that you, it sounds like it's very easy for you to just trust yourself and let yourself be in that mode where you yeah. just intuitively kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, ride what happens to right. a certain degree. Yeah. It, I, I try, that's what I strive for. You know, it can be difficult because, you know, I think we all want to put labels on things or, you know, we'll approach things with a certain level of fear, whether it be like fear of failure or judgment and so I know I tend to, to do that quite a bit when I play. You know, that's been something I've worked through. And, and 
when you do find a way to just let go and just play, it, it's always it's always what you're looking for, you know. But getting to that place can be like a it's a long road of practice, I think. Oh yeah. yeah. So if I understand, were there so there were struggles maybe early on as far as wanting to yeah and to still, kind of control them. Yeah, and still. All oh the time. wow. Yeah. So I, you know, that's something I'm always sort of working for, you know. Sometimes I feel like I get there, but yeah, just got to keep practicing. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you find that the more you play, that the more you, the more opportunities mm-hmm. you get to really be, you know, just to be in the moment like that? Is yeah. it, if you if you ever have a stretch where you're not playing for a period of time, do you find that sometimes that changes a little bit? Yeah, that you feel better when you're actually getting an opportunity to regu- to regularly play with other people, yeah. you know, perform with other people. And yeah, that's definitely the most comfortable. If yeah, if I could just play every day, you know, with people and get you know whether it be for you know a job or or just for fun that that's definitely the ideal yeah just always having the instrument in your, with you know in your hands and playing with other people and, yeah and and the whole improvisational nature of jazz has always been something that's really fascinated me because it's just you know the fact that something can be essentially played you know not the same way every time it can you know it can say it can be and I, and I assume that the audience maybe doesn't always necessarily realize that, but I, know, I would imagine the musicians are much more conscious, uh-huh. you know, unless someone really, really knows a lot about jazz and has a lot of, you know, right. a lot of experience with it and technical knowledge. But it is fascinating to a certain degree that, you know, that I don't know necessarily, I mean, I'm sure there are some other, in terms of world music, there may be some other forms of, you know, music that are is improvisational like that, but it's, yeah. at least here in the Western world, I find that it is one of those that's, you know, it, it definitely does tend to be one of the more improvisational uh, types of music. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always like when the train goes by. Uh-huh. That's always something that it's it's almost like the way you kind of get the building kind of just vibrates a little uh-huh. bit, and yeah, it kind of punctuates things a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, and I guess really where I would probably. Uh, would go at this point is it, it, as far as looking, you know, looking out and, and realizing there again, you may not necessarily have a lot of preconceived notions, but if you were to, I guess if I was to ask you, you know, what Grant Goldstein is thinking about the future or what you'd like to be doing, mm-hmm. maybe just hearing a little bit about where, you know, what you see and, you know, if there's yeah. anything you want to share with listeners as far as anything coming up in the, in the near future. Or... Okay. Yeah. Uh, as far as the future, I'm, I'm not really sure right now. I'm, I'm just happy to be involved in music constantly. Yeah. So I I teach um, at Oklahoma State University in Stillwater, and I teach at a University of Central Oklahoma up in Edmond. And uh, you know, between teaching and then performing, and you know, practicing writing music, I'm uh, yeah, I'm happy to just be doing that. Yeah. You know, for for work and for fun. So, uh, sort of on that path, you know, just being involved in music having a community of people and that's sort of what I just I hope to have that in the future yeah so. yeah I and I was going to say it's very refreshing in a world uh and we were, I were I was kind of touching on this a little bit when we were talking before the interview about you know living in a world where a lot of people you know there is that whole idea of having an agenda mm-hmm. and having these tightly you know tight you know tight-knit plans for where one wants to be and I really get the sense talking to you that you know you're really enjoying so much of what you do every day 
Yeah. And that you're just kind of trusting, you know, that, you know, that tomorrow will be tomorrow and the day after that will be after that. And, and you're clearly making a lot of efforts. I mean, that's, you know, it's not, it's not like you're waiting for that to happen, but it's, right. it is neat though. I definitely get that sense from you that you are someone who's, that trusts in that and, yeah. and, and just let yourself, you know, be however you're going to be, you know, in, in any given moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's all subject to change. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess I guess what we do with that is really what makes the difference, right? I mean, how, how do we deal with that subject to change? You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Grant. This has been great, and I've really enjoyed just getting uh, the opportunity to hear from you a little bit and get to know you a little better and, and sharing this with listeners. So thanks so much. All right. Thank Appreciate you. it.